Hey friends, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, chances are that you're focused on growing your business, not the day you're going to leave it behind. And yet, Canada is seeing a major, major shift in ownership as baby boomers, that generation like me, retire. Nearly 60% of small and medium business owners are age 50 plus. What does that mean? It means 76% of business owners plan to exit their businesses within the next 10 years and 41% in the next one to five years. Huge, huge shift coming in the business world. So in this episode, let's dive into what this means for you. Welcome to the Work Less, Profit More Business Podcast for business leaders who are exhausted being the chief everything officer, and yet they truly want to scale their business. Hi, I'm Diana Lidstone, business strategist known for my straight talk, no BS, and simple small business strategies and mindset shifts that bring my clients more joy, profit, and freedom. So if you're a lawyer, financial advisor, real estate investor, accountant, or other business owner who feels trapped in the day-to-day running of your business, then welcome aboard. Each week, I'll share insights how to become the true leader of your business, the CEO. Well, like I said, friends, with the growing trend of baby boomers thinking about exiting their businesses, I thought it was kind of important to put together some thought-provoking conversations around preparing to exit your business. You know, the one you spent so much time, money, and energy growing? Well, for my next three episodes, my special guests and I are today going to talk about your options for exiting your business and reasons you might not be able to sell your current business. And next week, I'm going to share with you tips to maximize the sale of your business. And in the third episode of this series, I'm going to have a special guest and we're going to share some true life stories on how to thrive through the sale of your business. So today I am truly excited to bring my guest on board. She is a change and business strategist, Barb Studelmer, who I met through my membership at CAP. So welcome aboard, Barb. Thank you, Diana. It's so nice to be here. Yeah. So, you know, like myself, you've been in business a long time. And I see from your bio, 30 years with small businesses. And you support women, specifically business owners who are looking to process or to have a process to prepare to exit their business. I don't think I could have had a better person for this conversation. And I understand you've developed a unique process to support not only the owners, but the team so they can create successful change. So that is exciting, exciting for me. And tell me a little bit more about this process. I originally came up with the process because I had been involved with a few different people who wanted to get out of their businesses. And what I found in particular, when they came to me and go, you know, I've got such a great business, I'm making lots of money, I should be able to easily sell it and stuff like that. And it was so tied to exactly what you say, we are the do everything person. Their image was tied to the company, and they didn't have any way to let go of what they did, because they were such in control, and they had to be in control all the time. And it became obvious that there was very little value in their business. In fact, one of the companies their accountant had used just a very basic income multiplier to figure out how to evaluate their business. 
It was very simplistic. And they said, oh, they thought it was going to be worth this amount, but I think it's only worth this amount. And I'm going, oh, well, when I looked at it, it was only a quarter of what she thought she made it. And it was about an eighth of what he thought, the accountant thought. So, so little was valued in their business because of what we do in our business and we don't know how to let go of that. So the process was, how do we let go of that and what that looks like? Awesome. Yeah. And for listeners who are my ideal client and they're in that running, that day-to-day running, letting go of control is a huge, huge thing, right? And we all go through stages of business growth. And, you know, I talk about this constantly. And in order to get the freedom that they want, typically a business owner I think I did a podcast episode and I think it was called what got you here won't take you there. Oh, yeah. And, you know, really business owners that I coach anyway, I teach them to create a vision for their business, right? Three to five year vision for their business. And that they don't think about their exit strategy. And so I think that is, you know, how do you change your business so that you can, you know, exit and get the maximum value that your business is worth. So yeah, yeah, letting go of control. So any tips for letting go of control? (laughs) Well, I think there's a point in there that may be worth looking at initially, and then we can go into the letting go of control. You had mentioned that we start a business in a certain way. And the way that we sell the business is certainly not the way we did when we started it. When someone steps into the business, they're not going to go through all the same things you did for sure. But if you start a business in mind that at some point you're going to sell the business, you will grow a business with all the components in place that you have to have to be able to, because you're already thinking about it all the way through. That's not how most of us started a business, myself included. Myself too. (laughs) And recognizing that being able to make those changes afterwards, when we've, you know, you're 15 years into your business, you have a lot of shortcuts in the way we do things to make it easier, to make our cost less, to make our stress less and make it emotionally easier to manage our businesses. And we can't be able to make those changes easily because all of them are tied to us. All those systems that we put into place, whether they're written or not, and they should be written just saying, your systems are the way that you manage your business. And that is hard to change because we as humans don't really like to change. Changes requires a lot of energy and thought process. So you have to be ready for it. You have to be willing to let go of the things that someone else might do differently. You have to be willing to fail. And just hopefully your risk on this is that it's a minor fails and you get to readjust and make it better. And you have to have other people involved. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. I want to talk about what are people's options for exiting their business? Now, I read an article it wasn't BDC, but it was somebody. BDC has a lot of great information on their website. Yeah, so they do. But they talked about eight business exit strategies. And I went, eight? To me, I just kind of boiled it down to three. You've got mm-hmm. somebody from the inside who might buy it. You have somebody from the outside who might buy it. And then you've got family. So what's been your experience? You know, has one or more been more common? Do you work more with one? What are maybe some of the differences between them? So so I would say that, I mean, 
the step before that, because those three are, you know, selling the business or making sure that someone else, the other option obviously is just to sell your assets and walk away. Yeah. And that again, a thousand slides are not enough to sell. So you have to figure out whether something is actually an asset, but yeah. So when you have, what have I seen? And typically I see that business owners usually think about selling it to someone else outside. So selling inside is not thought of very often. Or if they have family members, I'm often engaged by the family member who's going into succession and the owner says, can you make sure that this person is able to step into those positions? So when they're doing the transition, it's a longer process and it's a harder process because it's family. (laughs) So there's a lot more complication in that one than there is in just understanding what it's like to, you know, sell your business. And when you do that, you walk away when you're a family member, you may not completely sell the business. You may always have your little fingers in it and you may let some of it go, but you're always connected to that business. That's a whole different podcast, I think, Diana. We (laughs) probably need to rebook that one. (laughs) Well, actually, the woman who I'm going to interview in the third of the series, she bought into the family business and then she sold the family business. So she has sort of two sides of the story. And my sister, who's a veterinarian, just sold her business. And it was my husband who helped her sell. So I have some stories from that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think most often people think about an outside buyer. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. In a moment, let's come back and let's talk about maybe some reasons why your business specifically it's not sellable and what you can do to make it sellable. How would that be? Good. Cool. That sounds good. All right. Good. Thank you. Discover the number one problem that's holding your business back. Take my free quiz. That's right. Free quiz. It's called the Business Freedom Calculator. And in five minutes, you'll answer 22 questions that identify where you fall into one of four stages of business growth. And the calculator will lay out for you specific action steps that you can take to ultimately achieve the freedom that you desire. Now, here's the hint. You've got to be brutally honest when you answer those questions. And here's the link. It's www.dianalidstone.com slash quiz. And I'll repeat that again. www.dianalidstone.com slash quiz. Okay, Barb, let's get back to talking about why entrepreneurs very often find out, very sadly, that maybe their business really isn't as saleable as they, you know, originally thought that it might be. So let's start with number one. What do you think perhaps is the biggest thing? Well, I think the biggest thing is assuming that someone else wants to buy what they have and then recognizing that they are what they have. Like you are not the asset for the business. And we talked about this earlier. So I see it a lot in people thinking that all the things that are around them, it's what they're selling, but what they were actually selling was all the things that they do in the business and they have no one else looking after that. So there's kind of two things, but yeah. And it's good to be detached from that day-to-day running, be the leader of your business. And when you're the leader of your business, or as I like to call it, a CEO, someone else can step in as the leader. So yeah. It doesn't run without you, right? So (laughs) if it doesn't run without you, if you haven't taken at least one week of vacation in the last year, you probably cannot sell your business. In Ah. fact, you can't. I'm going to just go out in a ranch and say, you can't sell your business. Yeah. So if you haven't taken, and I don't mean just taken a vacation, but an totally unplugged vacation, like you're don't not take your computer. <laughs> 
you know, you're not answering emails, you're not answering, you know, sales calls, all that kind of thing. And I would challenge them to what it would be like to take a month off, you know, and I kind of call this, does your business pass the hit by a bus test? Oh, I like it. <laughs> right? A little gruesome, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. But I think people get the idea, right? If you walked out of your office Friday afternoon and you crossed the street to your parked car and you got hit by a bus and, you know, that bus could have been COVID. It could have been, you know, literally a bus, but could your business survive and thrive without you there? And I think that's kind of a wake-up call for many entrepreneurs. I know a client of mine was a little frustrated a couple of weeks ago, and he went, "Ah, I'm just going to sell my business. And I went, okay, what do you need to do to sell your business? And so we got talking about, you know, how he needed to detach and let go and he needed to be more the business leader and he needed more systems and, you know, all these things. And I said, you know, that's kind of like the exact same things that you need to grow your business. Right. And that was a huge eye opener for him. And he went, oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know, So getting things organized so that you step back, I think, is one of the big, big things that those exact same things will help you grow your business and scale your business. I know people get confused between the two terms. So that's one thing. You know, if you really have a J-O-B, then you're not going to be able to sell your business. What would be a second one? Well, I think oftentimes people don't look at the resources that they have in their business so that they can evaluate you know, what the responsibilities are, who do they have in there, what are they actually paying for, and how can they use those resources as they extract themselves from the day-to-day work. It is, you are absolutely right, Diana, everything that you have to do to extract yourself from the business is basically the same things you have to do to grow a business. So if you're already in the growth mode, you will already recognize what the change and transition looks like for your business, but you don't change when the moment you think you're going to sell it, And you get to walk away the next week because likely you didn't get what you wanted for it. You change over time and the change in your business takes strategic development. You know, you have to evaluate everything that you have. You have to evaluate what actually has to change. And then you have to start thinking about how you're going to make that change happen. Who's going to work with you? So there's a lot of resources and insight that goes into evaluating that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, one of those resources, and I think this you know, could be point number four is one of your resources you need is your team. And your team has to be on board, you know, no matter what size the team. And, you know, if I have a team, but they're all part-time, you know, consultants kind of thing, like my VA, my bookkeeper, my podcast editing, you know, but they have to know where you're going. They have to know where they're going. So your team has to be to some degree on board when you're ready to make that change, would you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And this is my next point. Having your team on board is absolutely necessary. I have uh, people I work with. She didn't want to tell anyone that she was going to sell her business. It's like, you have a lot, but she goes, yeah, but they're all contractors. And I said, you know, they need to know whether or not their jobs are going to support someone else if they're planning on keeping it. And then, well, then they're going to leave me. And it's like, But there's other things you can do. And one of the companies I work with, their whole thing, they brought all their contractors on. So, And then another place with just all contractors, they brought all their contractors in. She found out afterwards that all her contractors want to help with all the things that they're doing. And they're stepping up in different ways. 
they're writing things like, and it helps build their business and it makes their business more valuable as well. So they have, I mean, if you're a contractor, at least in Canada, and I'm not sure about other countries' rules and laws, but if you're a contractor, you cannot be working for someone like 80% of your time or your money can't come from one place. So you know they already have other contracts. And if you want to keep them so that you can sell the business and they go with it and someone else takes it on and says, oh man, this is so easy because look at all these people. They're amazing. That is value. Yeah. And developing that culture that stands behind you. You know, there's a lot of talk about team culture and how they all pull together and, you know, all those things. And, you know, it was much like when my sister wanted to sell her business, she didn't want it because those are employees that she has. Mm -hmm. And she didn't want to tell until the deal was just about done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that there were some good aspects to that, but I think the bad outweighed the good in that sense. And, you know, getting them on board would have been easier. Yeah. A lot of the research around transitioning companies and then selling them is for very large corporations. So what we learn from them feels really horrible because if we had to lose a whole bunch of people, it would be difficult. But when we're smaller businesses, we can more easily control what they, and by control, I mean loosely, we can help maintain and have a culture in your business that is easily connected to all the people in your business. I mean, if you're a thousand people, it's hard to know. There's people in different departments in different countries, and the culture is different between them. But if you have a team of 25 and you're all within a certain area or you're together all the time, you can then build a culture that is more easily managed through the transition. But if you wait to the last moment, I went through a transition with a company. I was actually an employee at the time, but this was one of my biggest learning components of transitioning from a business. The company had to close down for a conflict of interest and it's complicated, but anyhow, so they had to close down. They didn't want to, they wanted to sell it to release what they had to someone else and to close it down. They told everyone and they put in support systems. They said, so this is what's going to happen. It's going to be sold. We don't know where, and we don't know if it will be sold. If you know people that would be interested, because we were all in the same industry. So we could reach out and ask other people and talk about it and open doors. They made it so that as employees, we had a way to help the company move forward. And I can tell you, there wasn't a person in that company that was upset. I mean, we were upset that there was going to be a change, but we weren't upset with the company because, you know, they were screwing us out of our jobs and stuff like that. So if you want your team on board, start it early and offer them a way to help you make this transition so that their future looks better. They're doing it for themselves, right? We as humans do things so that we can have stability. So let them help. Yeah, I love that. Very good. Very good. Keep going or? Uh, Yeah, sure. (laughs) So we talked about the E, you've got to evaluate and then the the D is decide. So you have to decide on what it is that you're going to do. So the decision making here is really about what the pieces are that other people are going to take on. And if you don't have someone on your team that's capable of doing that, you have to then hire. So what I'm going through right now with someone, they're looking at hiring two new people. It's like, I just want to sell my business. I don't want to start hiring people. I know. When she went through this whole evaluation, she realized if I don't have someone in these places, I actually cannot step away from the business long enough to be able to show that there's value in the business. So it was really important to have two specific positions hired in and trained by that time so that they were able to do that work and then be able to step away from that. And she can sell the other things because those things would be something that an owner would be willing to do. Yeah. 
So E, evaluate D, decision-making. And I know there's so many decisions to be made. <laughs> a lot of it's not a single. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get decision fatigue. And then we have implement for the I. Implement. So implementation is over a longer period of time. And usually the implementation before from the decisions, you're going to create a plan of some sort. I like a plan that is like structured enough that you can follow it but loose enough that you can be a little agile around what it is that you want to change. And I like to make sure that the people that are inside of businesses have some kind of autonomy to recognize as you go through the change. It doesn't mean it's happening and no one's talking about it. If something needs to change and they see that something's not working or it's not right, or there's a trend outside in the industry that is going to be completely against what they're trying to do, whatever that is, that your team has some kind of autonomy to be able to bring that to the team and say, this change, I know we said we we're going to do this, but look what's happening. If I do this in six months, when you go to sell it, we're not even going to be competitive. So how can we make that happen now? Yeah. So getting to the point where you have the plan in place and then implementation is just following that plan and checking in. Yeah. And the communications are key to implementation. If you are not regularly having a meeting and it doesn't mean you need a two hour meeting, you just need a meeting that allows you to say, this is what the piece was that I'm working on. This is working. This is what I'm working on. This is what's not working. And someone is in control, depending on the size of your business, if you have a transition team. So someone who's in control of what is actually happening and can keep track of the, here's all the things that we have to change and here's what's going on. So that's really good. But there's another piece that gets missed. And this is a piece that is around the humanity of change. And I said earlier, we don't like to change because it takes effort and energy yeah. Yeah. and we become resistant to it if we don't understand how the change is beneficial to us. So if your team doesn't understand how the change is beneficial to you, they're going to resist it. And even if they say that they're doing it, they may not do a good job. They might not do it right. Or they may just never, you know, it's why are you never getting it done? Well, I've got so much of my own stuff to do. I don't have time to do this other stuff and they won't be on board. So if you want change to happen, you have to have your team on board. And I can't say that enough times. It's so important because you won't get your transition done and you won't have the same value at the end to be able to sell your business. Yeah. So we did E, D, I, and look, T yeah. is training. Is training. So the training is really recognizing that when we go through a transition, we actually are letting certain things go and we've brought into place something new. And the new piece has to be trained throughout the company. So if you have one person who's looking after it and making sure that this transition happens, then other people within the company will have to be able to recognize that as well. If you're making a change because you're implementing some kind of system that manages how meetings are going to happen. So this person looks after how meetings are going to happen. And then you have to train everybody to do the work in the way that the new training system is put into place. And again, people are going to be letting go of things. So you have to check in with people's emotions on this. It's like, oh, I love you know that old process. It was so easy. I understood it and everything. It's like, you know what? This is a little more complicated, but you're going to love it too once you know how to do it. Because once you know how to do it, so having that point where you can ensure that people are good with letting go and ensure that they're good with moving into the new and recognizing that that is going to take time and you will have to make sure that you're training people to do that. 
Perfect. Perfect. You know, I love it when people name their processes like this. So (laughs) good. And you also have self-assessment. Tell us about this self-assessment that you have and the link I'll be putting in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you. And so the exit readiness quiz, there are 10 areas that it evaluates in your business. And it gives you feedback. So if all you want is an idea of whether you're ready to exit your business, take the quiz and you can, you know, say, oh, it looks like I'm 90% ready to exit my business. Maybe you're just ready to go. The feedback in it, if you're, you know, under 50%, there's different feedback that you would get. And it gives you feedback on all the different areas of your business, all of these 10 different areas of your business and gives you some insights into what you can look at. So If you just want to do this on your own, you have some insight in what things you need to look at in your business and what things you might need to change to make it more valuable and ready to exit your business. Perfect. How awesome is that? I can't wait to actually go and do it because I'm sure there's a lot of things I would have to do if I was going to sell my particular business. But I know that some of my clients are also going to find this very interesting. So thank you for that, Barb. And thanks so much for sharing your insights today. You know, any last words before we close out? Yeah, just remember that you are not what you're selling in your business. So if you are planning on doing something else when you get out of your business, make sure that you are the one who can get out of the business and that the rest of the business can work without you. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. And listeners, just a reminder that next week, I have another special guest, Wendy Brookhouse, who has been on the podcast before. And she's going to share some tips to maximize the sale of your business. So a little bit different than what Barb's been talking about, but still the same theme. So thanks for listening to the Work Less, Profit More Business Podcast, where weekly you'll get business strategies to help you build a well-oiled business machine. So until next week, remember, you can do this. Bye for now.